Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, it's Jim Metzner. And I'm Bob Berman. And today's episode of Astounding Universe is in celebration of the 50th anniversary of... That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Apollo 11, the first people on the moon. Bob has written the book about this mission, and the book is called... Shooting for the Moon. And that was written at the 40th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. Bob, being the expert, is going to give us the skinny on the parts of the story that nobody knows. Yeah, for some reason, there's strange aspects of that lunar landing that, that, that still are not there. You don't read them, you don't see them, you don't hear about them. Like it happened in a big warehouse in New Jersey. That's the bottom line, right? Right? They never went to the moon. Come on. Tell me the truth. There's That's so silly. All right. Well, people believe that. but You know what you should say to people who believe that? No. You should say simply that crowds watched a rocket blast off. Yeah. It returned a week later. If it didn't go to the moon, just ask your friends who think it was all staged. Say, if it didn't go to the moon... Where did it go? New Jersey, of course. No, it had to go somewhere. Now, it couldn't have just been in orbit because things in orbit are visible. You right. see them as little lights going across the sky. Right. It couldn't have just been in orbit because we had enemies, the Russians, who would have been happy to use their radar and to blab to the world that we never went to the moon. Okay. So we went to the moon. Okay. So we went to the moon. Everybody knows. But what don't we know? About well, this mission. Do you know, those weren't the first words from the moon. That was seven hours later. So wait a minute. We land on the moon, seven hours take place, and then he steps out of the craft? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The first word on the moon was okay. It was really okay, <laughs> engine stop. And that was by Buzz Aldrin. And then uh, Neil Armstrong said, uh, and they loved this back in Mission Control. He said, Houston. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, twink. Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. They loved it because they had never thought that this would be a base. You know, they were all ex-military people. But the idea that the first two people on a particular part of the moon was were essentially establishing a base of operations. So yeah. when he said, Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed, they, they loved it. And that was spontaneous. But it was seven hours later before he said... Uh, that's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. So he's on the moon. He says that when he's on the moon. And so then what? What else you got for us that's unknown? As Neil Armstrong, who was an amazing pilot, was heading down to the surface, he had been trained and they had practiced this, that they were supposed to get only about four or five feet from the surface and then three probes that looked just like uh, very thin pieces of metal that were hanging from three of the four legs of the lunar lander, the LEM, would indicate with big 
blue lights on the uh, panel in front of them that there was contact. It was a contact light. And then he was supposed to shut the engine off and let it drop that final three or four feet because the legs were made of a honeycomb aluminum and they would then compress. It had been calculated by engineers that the legs would crush just the right amount that the ship would now be the perfect distance from the surface for the guys to later walk down a ladder and step on the surface. Okay, uh, this is the limb, it's hovering, and it, there was this technical stuff that was supposed to inform him about how low to descend and when the legs would go out and support the vehicle? Is that what you're saying? It told him when the extension probes would touch the surface, mm -hmm. and that's when he was supposed to kill the engine and let it drop. Okay. But he was too good a pilot for that. He was just too good a pilot. He couldn't bring himself to do that, even though that's what he was supposed to do. Instead, he continued gently going down and down with the engine still firing so that he made a soft landing. 30 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. 30 feet, two and a half down, straight shadow, four forward. Now you might think, four well, that's forward. great, he made a soft landing on the moon. No. He blew it. And you won't hear that anywhere, but you're hearing it now. By blowing it, what happened is that the legs never compressed. The legs remained at their full length. And because of that, the ladder <laughs> that they later had to use to get to the surface did not extend all the way to the surface. Getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's uh, not even collapsed too far, but uh, it's adequate to get back up. Roger, we copy. It's a pretty good little job. And it was such a leap that when Buzz Aldrin stepped off about 20 minutes after Neil Armstrong, and he had a leap down, he hit the moon at such an impact that it broke the urine bags in his boots. Oh, God. So his whole boot, one of them, filled with urine. He couldn't say anything. He knew he had a live mic. He wasn't going to complain and whine about this for the world to hear. But his walking on the moon was definitely more like one small squish for a man. <laughs> so that was also unknown. And this was all a consequence of, of Neil Armstrong being too good and not doing what he was supposed to do. Oh, Buzz, my heart goes out to you. So one small squish for man. So there's intrepid Buzz Aldrin, not saying a word, mind you, out there, and every step he's taking is in his own urine, and he's got to live with that for the rest of the flight? <laughs> no. Back when they went to the command module, when it was all over, then he could changed anyway, and everything is fine. Okay. And that wasn't the only uncomfortable thing, though. That they had to stand in attention on the hot lunar surface for a couple of minutes while Richard Nixon called them. Hello, Neil and Buzz. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. And this certainly has to be the most historic telephone call ever made. For every American, this has to be the proudest day of our lives. And for people all over the world, I am sure they, too, join with the in recognizing what an immense feat this is. Because of what you have done, the heavens have become a part of man's world. And as you talk to us from the sea of tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. For one priceless... Moment, well, it sounds, I mean, Dick is reading from copy there that somebody wrote from, but he sounds pretty good. And, of course, Richard Nixon in a way, hated the whole thing because it was his predecessor, his competitor, JFK, who had set up the entire 
Apollo program to begin with and said, go to the moon before the decade is out. And now uh, people kept giving JFK credit for it, where credit was due. And Nixon was not really comfortable with that. In fact, he canceled the final three Apollo missions, huh. 18, 19, and 20, because phew, let's not drag this out too far. He thought. And not only that, he insisted that the plaque that was attached to one of the legs of the limb, mm. which said, we came in peace for all mankind, would have not just the signature of the astronauts, but his name twice, once printed out and once in script. So the one repeating name on the moon that will last longer than the human race, because there's no erosion on the moon. It'll last for half a billion years, probably, and be legible in case some aliens ever come to this neighborhood and look around. And what could be the glory of this one human being whose name is repeated on every one of the landing sites? Richard Nixon. Now, is it true, this is a rumor I heard, that he insisted that Checker's paw print be actually put on the, <laughs> on the plaque, too? Is that, that's, that's not true. It's one small paw for One man. small paw for mankind. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dick, I hardly knew you. But all in all, a lot of great stuff happened, and who would have thought, though, back then in 1969, that here we would be a half century later, and not only have we not gone beyond the moon to Mars and other places, which everyone thought we would do by mm. the end of the next decade, yeah. but we haven't even gone back to the moon. Nobody yeah. would have guessed that. And if we do, it may be the likes of Elon Musk that gets us there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, in any case, here's to Apollo 11. Here's to the astronauts, Mike Collins, Buzz Aldrin, and who's that other guy? I keep forgetting. Neil Armstrong. It was an amazing feat, and all the amazing folks at NASA who never get half the credit that they deserve, and all the support people behind those guys. This was one of humanity's finest moments, and our hats off to you. Cheers. For Astounding Universe... I'm Jim Metzner. And I'm Bob Berman. We'll catch you next time. For those who haven't uh, read the plaque, uh, we'll read the plaque that's on the front landing gear of this lamb. It says, Dear men from the planet Earth, first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. It came in peace for all mankind. It has the, the crew members' signatures and the signature of the President of the United States. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.